Amen. Welcome to our digital gathering. If I haven't met you before, my name is Matt, and I am one of the elders at West Village. Before we dive into our passage for today, I just want to acknowledge the strange season that we are in. Strange that I must speak to an empty room. It's sad that you don't get to be in the same room together. It's hard that our whole lives have been upended by this virus. This is a difficult season. We are all facing real concerns about getting sick and paying the bills. I don't want to belittle these hard things, but I do want to encourage us to turn to Jesus in this time. He offers us immense hope in these challenging times. With that said, let's turn to our message for today. The question I want to ask today is, how does the church thrive in this season? The text that we are going to look at says that the church will thrive by being defined by our praise of Jesus and the good lives we live as we humbly submit to what God has for us. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you're refining your church in this hard season and that you had a plan for us and you continue to have a plan for us and you're going to work this out for your glory and for your good. So please give your church a peace that surpasses understanding uh, and spirit speak to us as we dive into your word together today. So we're going to look at first Peter and the first question we need to ask is who is this letter for? So before we dive into the meat of the passage, we first need to look at who Peter was writing this letter to, because it's important for us in this season. So let's turn to 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. It says there, To God's elect, scattered throughout the provinces. Peter is writing to God's elect, which is another way of saying the church, God's people. And what type of church is this? It's an exile, scattered church. Traditionally, exile was when someone was uprooted from their home and forced to enter and live in a strange, foreign place. At first glance, that sounds nothing like what this virus is doing to us. We are forced to stay home. We are forced to stay away from strangers. But in reality, we also are in a season of exile. Everything normal about our lives has changed. Rhythms of work and school and play have all changed from the normal that we are comfortable with, and to forced isolation and awkward digital interactions. We have been exiled into our homes, uprooted from our lives, and forced to live in this new, strange place. The church of today is in exile. Peter's word for the church in exile, therefore, has profound implications for us today. Let's turn to the main passage and answer this question. How is the church called to respond? Turn with me to 1 Peter 2, 9-17. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The first word Jesus has for us today is that we cannot forget who we are. The church is God's chosen people, his special possession. That is amazing. As we sit at home in isolation, we need to remember this. Remember that God chose you to be his representative here on earth, even in this trying season. It can feel like the church is closed right now, though. We can't be together at the theater. 
We can't meet in a home for community group and we can't go out for coffee and do DNA. All of our regular rhythms have changed, but the amazing part of being a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, is that we are still bound together in our isolation. The church is still active and alive in this season. God wants to use his people right now to proclaim his goodness and grace to a scared and anxious world. How are we going to do this? Verse 9 says that we are a people so that we can declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into God's wonderful light. We are to declare Jesus' praises. As we sit at home with nothing to do, we have a great opportunity to remember that God has invited us into his family. He has made us his people. We are not alone because we are united by God's spirit in this time of distancing. We used to be lost in our sin, but now we are safe in God's family. The temptation right now is to just sit at home and think about ourselves, focusing on our fears or filling our boredom with empty pleasures. This is a waste of the gift of time that we have been given. Instead, God's people are called to remember what he has done for us and praise him for it. To remember that we have received mercy. So why can we be called God's people? Because he has shown that mercy to us. God withheld the punishment that we deserve and instead makes us his people. Once we lived in rebellion to God, doing whatever our sinful desires wanted, we were enslaved to our fears. Our lives were completely self-centered, ignoring our creator, and we deserved to be punished. But God had a different plan. In his mercy and kindness, Jesus came to take the punishment we deserved for our rebellion. He died in our place as the ultimate act of mercy. This truth needs to define our lives and our praise. We are God's people because of this. And in the season of extra boredom, extra anxiety, and extra time, we need to think on it daily, even hourly. We cannot just sit in our houses and hide. We can sit in our houses and praise because Jesus has done so much for us. We've been given the gift of time in this season. We can fill this time with Netflix and social media, or we can use it to know and praise Jesus better. We can learn to praise Jesus better through spending more time in his word and praying. I know for us as a family, we decided to use the extra time we have at family meals to go through the story of God for kids at dinner each night. And it's been great for our kids, but also for Kirsten and I, as the story of God reminds us every day that God is powerful and in control. He has a plan for his people and we can trust him. So ask Jesus and ask those you know in his church for creative ways to praise him in this season. But what else can we do to thrive in exile? Let's turn back to Peter chapter 2 and read verses 11 and 12. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. As I have said before, this really does feel like a season of exile. Everything that is normal in our lives has been removed and we have been forced into a new world. Fortunately, God's word is full of instruction for exiles, as it's a place God's people regularly find themselves. So what does Peter say to us here? 
First, we must abstain from sinful desires that tempt us in this season. For some of us, this is the temptation of despair. The world feels like it is ending. You just want to curl up in a ball and cry. If this is you, you need to return to my first point and spend time praising God for what he has done and continues to do. You need to stop and thank God that he is using the coronavirus to draw people to him and refine his church. You need to thank God that this is all according to his plan and will be used to his good. This is a hard place to be. But we need to recognize despair is sin because it denies the truth that God is in control. Our despair needs to be constantly put to death and replaced with the hope of the gospel. Hope founded on the good news that Jesus is a good king who laid down his life for the church and wants what's best for her. What if this is not you? Maybe you're on the other side of the spectrum. You're escaping this moment of exile by becoming a person of excess. Instead of embracing this moment, you're escaping it through Netflix binges, social media, and many trips to the kitchen. You've committed to distracting yourself until life returns back to normal. This too is sin. This is the false belief that we can satisfy ourselves in this season of discomfort. Jesus wants to teach us through this that he is the true source of satisfaction in our lives. Jesus wants to remind us that all good things come from him and true satisfaction can only be found in him. So when Netflix asks if you are still there to keep the distraction going, stop. Stop and turn to Jesus as the author of the true story that defines your life. When your phone buzzes with the newest update from Facebook, put that phone down unless it's a West Village video. And trust that knowing Jesus is enough to see you through this time. When the kitchen calls to you to fill your boredom with food, resist. Turn to Jesus who promises to be the only one who can truly satisfy you. Peter says that these sinful desires are actually waging war against our soul. Our anxiety and our excess are actually destructive to us. When we are constantly controlled by our anxieties, they become a habit and our ability to trust Jesus gets ruined. Or when we indulge in the distraction of excess, we numb our ability to be content with Jesus. Giving in to our sinful desires has lasting consequences for us and we need to be extra mindful of this right now. If that is depressing, don't shoot the messenger. But do not forget that Jesus died to overcome those sinful desires. He took our punishment for them and allowed us to have a full relationship with the Father again. And this is good news. We don't have to be stuck in our sin. We've been given the power to overcome it. That leads us to the question. If we can't sit around and worry or fill our lives with shallow distractions, what are we going to do? Jesus calls us instead to live such good lives among the pagans. In other words, we still need to show the world how we are changed by the gospel. But how can we do this when we have to hide at home? How can our good deeds proclaim the truth of Jesus in the season? This is going to require creativity and wisdom on our part. Thankfully, we worship the ultimate wise creator. The church in the season needs to constantly be asking God for creative ways to proclaim his goodness in these times. 
We need to use technology and new ways to connect with people. We need to recognize that people need hope in this season, and God will provide ways for his people to speak the gospel into darkness. The church, because of Jesus, needs to be a source of peace and hope in a storm of anxiety and fear that is ravaging our world right now. This can only happen as we connect with others and serve them however we can. Don't let the social isolation blind the world to the hope that we have. Use whatever means you have to lovingly share the hope of Jesus with others and let it be known that his church is full of people living differently because of him. This means that the church needs to be extra intentional about living a life that demands a gospel explanation. We need to be honest when telling people how we are doing. Tell them we are scared, but we have hope and peace because of Jesus. We need to be intentional about connecting with our friends and neighbors. So often meeting with people is casual and unplanned, but in this time of isolation, we, the church, need to be the ones that pursue those who don't know Jesus. So set up a video call, send a text, just yell across the street when you see someone out for a walk. The church holds this amazing hope and we need to offer it freely to all. As we are called to live differently in this season, the danger for the church is pride. We cannot pridefully charge ahead with what we think is best. God's people need to be defined by humble wisdom. Let's read on and see what this looks like. Turn to me to verse 13. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as to the supreme authority, or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. There is a temptation in this moment to rebel against all the restrictions placed upon us. I know my gut reaction when this started was, these rules are stupid and everybody's overacting. But God says differently. The church is a people defined by submission to God. We are daily called to lay down our lives and call him Lord. Our sinful desires are constantly trying to dethrone Jesus, so we must continually submit to him. It should be no surprise then when Jesus calls us to submit in other areas of our lives as well. The act of submitting to authorities becomes a way the church can do good in this season and silence the talk of foolish people. As I was preparing this week, I came across multiple headlines, such as Louisiana Church ignores social distancing advice, welcomes 1,800 people to church, or Florida pastor arrested for defying social distancing ordinance. Is this the type of news the church is about? No! We are called to be good news to the world. The headlines should be talking about the church offering hope and sanctuary in the midst of this storm. It shouldn't be hard for the church. Because we serve a God that laid down his life for us. Jesus gave up all of his freedoms and privileges to come to earth to save us. And he calls his people to willingly give up their freedoms for the sake of others. The fact that we are free people, able to do whatever we want, but choose to submit is a beautiful picture of the gospel. Our submission proclaims the good news about Jesus to our world. 
When we lay down our privileges for others, people ask questions, and the answer to those questions points to Jesus. So don't grumble about social distancing. Don't disdain the restrictions that have been placed upon us. Instead, embrace the opportunity to find joy and hope in Jesus, then share that with others. The last point I want to draw out of verse 17 is to love the family of believers. In this season, the church needs to draw together in amazing ways. We need to have regular connection with people in our community. I encourage you all to text, call, and video call people that you know. Do not let yourself become disconnected in this season and don't let others drift off. Pursue each other. This is a hard season. We need the Spirit to draw us together. As we conclude, we come back to the same idea we started with. How does the church thrive in this season? We looked at praising God, living good lives, and freely submitting. But the thought I want to leave us with is this. Peter ends verse 17 with the command for the church to fear God. Through a healthy fear of God who loves us, we can survive and thrive in these trying times. Proper fear of God allows all other anxieties to melt away. It allows us to be a people defined by freedom and hope because we know that through Jesus, the God of the universe counts us as family. Fearing the Lord brings passion to our praise because we were once deserving his full wrath through the gospel. We are forgiven and adopted into his family. Fearing God allows us to resist temptation because we care more. <clears throat> oh, crap. I forgot to start. Redo that one. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Adopted. Fearing God allows us to resist temptation because we care more about what he thinks and seek to please him above all else. Fearing Jesus above all other authorities allows us to submit to hard things because we know that we belong to the King of Kings and he will take care of us. Let that healthy fear define us, church, as we take this message of hope and peace into an anxious world. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you're so wise that your word is powerful today, just like it was 2,000 years ago, that it has a message of hope for us in these trying times, that you know what it's like to be in exile, and it's a place that you're okay with your people being. So may we as a church thrive in this season. May we be refined, may we draw closer to you, and depend more fully on you each and every day. Spirit, speak into our hearts, calm our anxieties, Convict us of our excess. We trust that you're working amongst your people as they are scattered in exile. Amen.